St. Petersburg's finest. Good morning, sir. How are you? How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about something. Truth be told, there are a lot of topics out there. So why not talk about something cool that we all love and enjoy? Welcome to Something Basketball, your English spoken basketball podcast straight out of Germany. I'm your host JB and today we're focusing on what every team needs. A well-oiled running motor that keeps things going. A Ford motor to be exact. It's one of the questions everybody asks themselves at certain points in their lives. What do I want? Where do I want to be in five, maybe ten years from now? And what do I have to do to accomplish that goal? In this regard, it takes two things. One is to never lose sight of what you're working for. And two, be willing to make a step backwards before taking two into the direction you want to be headed. The latter takes a lot of courage. Which is why I reached out to Quincy Ford, who is in his overall fourth professional season, playing for Kralsheim in Germany. This is where it gets interesting. The Hakro Merlins nearly got relegated last year, but are off to an amazing 3-0 start into the 2019-2020 season. Kralsheim's lone focus lays on playing on the domestic level, in harsh contrast to what Ford experienced when he came over to Europe in the summer of 2017. Joining Sholnok Olai from Hungary, the versatile forward appeared in Basketball Champions League action as well. Before the 18-19 season, Ford joined Charleroi from Belgium, taking a step forward when it came to National League play, but was somewhat downgraded to FIBA Euro Cup. Fast forward to present time, the German Bundesliga is considered one of the better leagues in Europe, and the 26-year-old took the chance of showcasing his talents on a higher level over playing two games a week. For Quincy Ford, it's all about being a Swiss army knife for Kreisheim these days. That's why they signed him. That's why his scoring and rebounding may have decreased compared to his days in Belgium. On the other hand, his assist ratio and former weak spot connecting from, from deep may have gone up. Plus, he's contrib contributing big time to what's written in the win column. Touching numerous subjects, we stuck to the something basketball scheme, exchanging the good old triple threat position, shoot, pass and dribble for speed pitch and decision-making. I would say like the biggest difference um, from like my entire journey, like Belgium was uh, a stronger league than Hungary. Like Hungary had its perks and it was a, I would say it was a fast, a pretty fast paced league. Um, at least our team was. We 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 had a very high tempo style offense, and Belgium was a little slower. But um, when I say stronger league, I mean like the teams from top to bottom. And then fast forwarding to Germany, Germany would be the top of the top in terms of speed, both speed, talent, and um, the strength of teams from top to bottom, yeah. uh, competition wise. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Like there's no there's no off game yeah. in Germany, I've been told. So when we talk about the the, the depth of the, the leagues and, and the speed, what what is it that makes um basketball in Hungary that that fast? Is it is it the coaches that say hey, we want to play that certain style or is it uh was it more or did that happen more like let's say 
was a more more an accident because you know it was the the players, the playing personnel that you get guys had on the the Schalnock roster. Yeah, I think is a is a combination of both. Uh, coach had a certain <coughs> coach had a agenda in how he wanted to play, and I think he recruited as such. I think he got the players that he wanted to play that speed and um, his tempo, and it, and it just fit every guy on the court at every position. He had an idea of how they wanted to, how he wanted to play and use guys. And um, like I said, it was a combination of both. He did a good job of recruiting and executing the style of play that we wanted. For you personally, um, who was somebody who played before in the U.S., played in, played in college and, and played in, uh, in the G League as well for, for Salt Lake City, um, coming over to Europe and, and then going into Schalnock, um, was their style of play something that, that fit you very well or what was it that you struggled with the most when it just basketball wise not not off the court but just basketball wise um i would just say like the different style of play um europe and you know the states have a pretty different style um talent talent will always be there but um style of play spacing um a lot of half court some teams play like a lot of half court offense rather than like the US is a lot of running gun especially the G League a lot of running gun quick shots so i would say the the, the biggest the biggest adjustment for me was just the, the the pace of the game and even though like we play fast Sona play fast it wasn't it wasn't nearly as fast as you know as the G League and you know scoring 120 um night in night out so The pace, definitely the spacing, and then just the, the concepts of um, general basketball, you know, tactics that um, is sort of different than Europe and in the States. But um, you can definitely tell that, you know, you made, an, uh, you made the adjustment. Uh, and I think, and looking at the numbers, uh, yes, one could say that uh, the transition, you know, went well for, for you. At what point during, during the, the 17, 18 year did you realize for yourself, yeah, I belong to this very league, I belong to Europe, I can, I can with what I bring to the table as a basketball player, I can play over here and I can be successful? Um, I would say probably towards the middle of the season, I, I started to find my groove and understanding like my role and what I can bring for a team and just excelling, excelling in that role. And, you know, the quicker you figure that out is, I feel like, the, 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 the quicker success you would have. And it's not always easy. Some people struggle. Um, you know, every team, every team that I've been on, it's all about just trying to find your role and getting a feel for where you kind of fit in. And the quicker you understand and grasp, grasp that, I feel like the, the quicker you'll start to see success. And um, just be more comfortable. Yeah, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on on the the details of what made you feel that comfortable? Was it uh, was well, it just the, the the flow of the game that it, that you adapted the the rhythm of the game, or was it that you know said, hey, if I can be a, a a rebound for this team, I can have an impact, or they need me as a scorer, and and I'm, and now I know at, at what certain points of the game I need to be the scorer, or what are my sweet spots on the floor, given the, the concept of the team and, and so on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it breaks down into little parts. Like, one, knowing my game. Um, I first 
you know, first and foremost, you should know what you bring and what your strengths and weaknesses are um, of what you can bring to a team. And then I feel like another part of it is just knowing who you're playing with. If you have a guy who is um, who draws a lot of attention and, you know, he can create, I just need to find out where I need to be in terms of on the court to get my shots or where it's a game where, you know, he's being we have a guy or two guys that are being keyed in on. And now it's time for me to step up and be a bigger scorer than in that game, in that particular game, you know, my role changes from then being a facilitator or just being a spot up shooter to being a creator at that point to, to make plays. And it, it really goes, uh, you know, with who you're playing with and understanding what you bring. And I feel like going back to what I said earlier, that's what gave me the most success early on, understanding what I can bring, understanding my role and then learning you know, I guess that falls into chemistry, learning, you know, the style of play of the guys around you. So to, to uh, give everybody out there who hasn't seen you play uh, an idea of what kind of basketball player you are, would you would you agree on saying Quincy Ford is somewhat of a Swiss Army knife in this regard? Absolutely. I think I, I can bring multiple things to the table. If I'm not scoring, I can play defense, lock my guy, lock my guy up and rebound. You know, get steals and create for others. If I'm, if if I'm, you know, one day not having the best rebound game, I can put up a lot of points, um, and just being active on both ends of the floor. So, um, and when we say this is definitely one of the the pluses that you bring to the table, and you already touched the subject, you know, where's the plus? Then there's got to be a minus. Um, so, what would you say is is the the, the biggest minus? Or one of the weaknesses where you say, yeah, that's definitely some something that gotta that I have to be working on over the next couple of summers to come. You know, during the off season, that that's something I gotta take care of. Uh, I would just say being being consistent in my habits. Um, that's one thing that I was told. You know, that comes over time, but just under having a routine and sticking to that routine and being focused and keyed in on that routine day in and day out. Um, and that, that goes both on and off the court, how you approach practice, how you approach recovery, how you approach diet, how you approach sleep and rest. Uh, it's all in one. So uh, creating, creating great habits. Yeah. This, one this, thing I can uh, honestly, this is a, a, a one of the parts that I most often talk about when it comes to um, especially when it comes to U.S. players coming over to, to Europe when, you know, they spend the full four, maybe even five years in, in college. Um, and, and then they come over and it is not as much the, the, the circumstances within the within any given country that they play in. Let's say, for instance, now you're playing in Germany, so you have to deal with the fact that grocery stores don't open Sundays. But once you know this, yeah, you can get accustomed to this. But it's it's all the, the little habits that you that you already talked about. Um, Give, give us an insight on this. What what makes it so so hard to establish those those habits? What what is it that you haven't figured out for yourself when it comes to habits? What you say? What 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 did not figure out? Yeah, what haven't I figured? Yeah, or or on or even you know on the other side of the the table, um, what have you figured out for yourself? What is working for you? Um, I would say. trying to think of a scenario yeah Let, or let's be, say let's say on a, on a regular game day is there is there always uh do you always have 
uh, an afternoon nap? Is it always? Yeah, absolutely. There's always some, there's stuff always like a, this. Yeah, there's always a routine. When, when I was talking about routine and mastering your routine, I think it's critical because every year that I've been, I tried to try different things. I've tried to have certain foods, and you know, what happens if I do take a nap? How do I feel if I don't take a nap? Um, these all play. These are just experiences that I've tried to, you know, use going to going into each season, and I find the most success of, you know, if I take a nap for you know an hour rather than you know two hours. Even though we have a good three four hour break, I can't sleep the entire break or the entire um, downtime because I will feel you know even more tired when I wake up, which is which is weird, but. Yeah, All because, these things yeah things. I, I know what you're talking about because the, yeah. the body needs uh, that a much longer to amount. get going again. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's just, it's just, but all that comes in just experience and figuring it out. And it took me some time, and I'm still learning. Like each and every day, I'm still learning um, how to feel at my best and how to feel at my peak when it comes, you know, time for game. I believe this has something to do with. Um, aging as well and and growing yeah. into your body because once when you're younger your body needs some some let's say different treatment or you need to treat your body different from um you know being 26 years of age now and it will be different five years down the road i, I truly believe this because when once you hit once you uh once you hit, hit or, or cross the the 30 year mark um Maybe maybe it's a little more rest, a little more stretching. Um, I don't know. So, you know, I, I believe it's it's always a a, a process in, in in this regard. Absolutely. Um, what has there been any any valuable piece of advice that that somebody gave to you when it came to to those routines, those habits? Uh, the biggest thing I learned was just invest. Like a lot of guys use the word invest in your body. Just how. Just how you know a player may get up shots or do extra drills before and after practice, the same could be said for just investing in your body. That's sleeping, that's getting the proper you know nourishments, the proper diet. Um, what are you doing before practice to get your body warm? What are you doing after as recovery? Uh, massages, all that, all that plays into <clears throat> investing in your body, and that's the biggest thing that has helped me, especially in Europe, because the recovery is a little bit different in places like you know if you're playing yearly i'm pretty sure you have the top notch facilities and this and that but when you when you're with smaller clubs it's, it's kind of uh, a struggle and you still have to find a way to make sure your body is recovering properly make sure you're doing all the things that you can do um to be ready for the next day and it's just day by day but that's the biggest thing investing in your body yeah would you say by installing all those those habits and going through those routines um do you feel do you feel that you are on the verge of being superstitious <laughs> superstitious yeah no I'm, i don't believe in being superstitious i just believe in you know if you if you if you're doing what's right you know right will come to you if you're if you you know if you know that you're getting the right amount of sleep you'll be good for the practice the next day if you know that you're eating well you won't feel disgusting when you're practicing or even more tired and so on and so forth so i'm more i'm yeah i'm more of a believer in that okay <laughs> okay yeah because i i've seen a lot of guys that you know have their routines and let's say you take yeah, a you take, take a one hour nap uh before the game and let's say 
you just you don't sleep the full hour you just sleep yeah. 45 minutes they will be constantly thinking about hey damn i have 15 minutes less sleep than i need to be fully yeah. fully charged and yeah. that's what's going to be in their mind that that's you know that's why i wanted to to touch that that subject uh, because i know very 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 many players that uh, you know when they don't have to when they don't lace up the the right shoe before the left shoe but the other way around um, you know that that's gonna stick with their mind instead of you know concentrating on the task at, at hand. Absolutely. Um, but as you touched the, t- the subject uh, already, you know when it comes to to clubs, um, and and we already stated that you <coughs> began your your European career playing in Hungary, played in uh, Belgium last year, um, and both Schalnock as well as uh, Charleroi were teams that played on the international stage. Um, but today, with the Kalsa Merlins, you play in BBL, which is a, the BBL, which is a bigger league, obviously, but you play on a, on a roster for a team that's not playing on the international level, which is something I feel is always super attractive for, for players, knowing that hey, we will play on the international and uh, on the international level. So when it comes to when it came to them pit, them presenting their their pitch to you this this summer, what made you uh, what convinced you signing with them? Are given the fact that they are not playing uh, on the international on the international stage. Well, I think it just came down to um, what I wanted, and that was just a challenge in terms of competition. I think the BBL offers that. Yeah, um, majority of the players who, who make decisions going overseas, of course, it's ideal to want to play international and have the have those two games a week, which means less practice. But at the end of the day, I'm playing in the BBL, and night in and night out is going to be a challenge for me, and that's what I wanted. That was at the top of my agenda. Um, competition yeah was that something that let's say you more or less dreamed about having having that competition night in and night out or was there there any um you know not piece of advice but um when we look through the rosters that you've been on and and the people you played with um we're talking about the scott adders the the scott edderton's uh, you know, back in your high, uh, back in your college days, we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, you know the the Rasko Katic, the, the Cliff Hammonds, the Nate Linhards. Um, has there been certain uh, certain discussions or certain talks about or, you know just basketball in general and maybe the BBL and, and uh, the, especially the BBL that made you say, yeah, that's that's one of my goals. I want to go this. I want to want to hit that league. Yeah, I've talked to him. I've talked to all those guys plenty of times and um, they all said the same thing. Like the BBL would be a good, a good stepping stone from you coming from Belgium. I think, you know, they all feel like I can do well in this league and excel and be a, one of the top four men in this league. And constantly every, not every day, but constantly we would have small conversations of like just things I can improve on, you know, on and off the court and just being ready when that time comes. And now, you know, the very next year I'm in the BBL. Yeah. So, and, and looking at your numbers, I mean, when we look at the the Belgium uh, league numbers, you know, averages of 11 points, 6.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.6 steals, those are more than decent numbers. You know, we're always yes, coming back to, to the Swiss Army knife. Um, 
what were your hopes and maybe fears of hopefully translating those numbers to, to the BBL? And, and um, given the fact that it's now around about a month in, into the season, how do you feel playing in BBL and how does your game um, you know, transfer to, to how, the best, how the style is of, of, of BBL action? Yeah, I feel so far so good. I feel great. Um, I have no complaints. Our team is doing well. Everybody's gelling, and we're playing at a very, I think, a very high level right now early, which is great for us. And me personally, I feel like my rhythm will come uh, eventually. I'm still getting adjusted to, like you said, the style, the speed. But I know myself, and I know the work that I put in, and it's only a matter of time. And then, like you said, like in, in terms of stats, I don't really get worried you know, with stats and coming into the season, what I need to average and what I need to do. You'll just see the finish, you know, as you saw in Hungary and as people saw in Belgium, you'll just see the finish uh, result of Quincy Ford and what he brings to a team. So I'm not worried about scoring and, you know, I have to do this and I have to be at the top of rebounding. I'm just trying to go out there, play my best, use the, the gifts and, you know, my abilities to the best of my abilities for my team. And the end of result will be the end of result. And that's what I worry about most. Right. And at the, at the end of the day, you guys are, are still, you know, unbeaten. Uh, in, in BBL action, so the, so this is this is always Most a plus. Um, Absolutely, um, you know because you, you win and lose by, as a, as a collective. Absolutely. Um, but but um, coming back to the numbers, although although knowing that numbers are not you know the one thing that that really uh, you know sh somebody should be determined uh, de defined by, but. Um, what's the, the one or two things um, when it comes when we talk about the BBL is that you say this is definitely the, the biggest task uh, coming over from, from Belgium. That's the biggest difference. In terms of stats? In, in terms of, of you finding your groove, finding your, your oh, rhythm yeah. and, and really being able to, um, you know, be as productive as you, as you can be. Uh, going back to what I said, just understanding my role, yeah, um, and just being comfortable in that and excelling in that. And the quicker, you know, I kind of know my role now, and like you said, just doing everything, being what, being the whatever guy that the team needs to win. If there's a night where there's a lot of scoring, then so be it. If there's a night where there's not a lot of scoring, it's just rebounding and steals and playing defense and just being a great teammate. You know, then. So be it. Like, that's my mindset. And, you know, as the games go on, I feel like I can only get better. And I will get better. So that's all I'm focused on. This is, this is not a trick question now. Why is being unselfish and su being super versatile unsexy to people? Why is it? Yeah. I mean, everybody uh, wants to shoot threes. Everybody loves the shooter. Everybody loves the big guy down low who, you know, pulls down 20 rebounds. And yeah. why is is doing the all the little things that help a team win unsexy to people? Uh, I would say it's unsexy to some people. Um, to <laughs> people that don't see, you know, what goes on outside the stat sheet. Um, like you said, everybody loves a guy who scores 30 or who has all the highlight dunks, but you always need, you know, the glue guys and the, the guys who do who can do everything for your team at any given night. And I feel like, in my opinion, those are the most important guys um, because 
there's a lot of guys out there who can score. There's a lot of guys out there who can shoot threes, but who can do just about everything. You know, when one thing's not happening, you can do another thing. If he's not scoring, he's playing defense, you know, at a high level. So what, what, you know, those are the things that I feel like are most appreciated. And even though they may not appear sexy on the score sheet, they'll be sexy in the eyes of, you know, somebody who matters big time or for a big club. So, yeah. T talk about your relationship to uh, your relationship with uh, Coach Isolo. Is is your versatility something that that he, um, let's say that that he demands from you, or is it that he says, "Hey, come on, Q, go out there, play your game, do whatever you want to do. I know you'll do something good." Or is it that he approaches you, let's say, in 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 pregame preparation talks, that he says, "Hey, tonight we're facing this and that team, so I know I need you today. I need you more as a rebounder today. I know you will have." You know they will leave you open on on the weak side, so you will have your scoring opportunities. Talk about your relationship to, to coach and how how you guys as a as a duo approach approach any games. Um, well, I would say it starts in practice. To be honest, uh, he over the course of preseason and the scrimmages that we've had and all these practices, I think he has a clear idea of what I can what I can do and uh, my my gifts. So there's there's not really too much like, like you said, like a pregame, like, all right, this game, you'll do this. And then, you know, for this game, your matchup is this. So you'll, you'll have to do this more. I think it's just him knowing what I can do and what I can bring to the table. And then me just executing. I think every game, you know, I need to be at my best. I need to just do what I do and, and just having confidence in that. And he, he's done a great job, you know, instilling confidence in me and, That just goes, like I said, that just goes into the practices that we've been having in the preseason, yeah. leading, leading up to this point. Um, and when we talk about coach, we've got to talk about the the style or let's say the, the system that coach installed um, with the with the current team. Um, every, everything is, is super smooth uh, on, on offense. Defensive rotations are there, um, which is something very few teams have i believe at this very uh, early point of the the season um and and so much especially when we talk about ball movement on offense it has to do with decision making you know <coughs> ball swings from left to right and you gotta within a split second you gotta make the decision whether you're gonna shoot pass and dribble or uh whatever it may be um and it and it feels from the outside looking in that you guys have so many automatics uh working for you where does that come from is it because um, that's the only thing you guys been working on in, in preseason, or is it a chemistry thing, or is it that the, the style that coach wants to play perfectly fits into what each and every player brings to the table this year? Um, I would say it's a combination of a lot of different things. Uh, and just what we touched on when I played in Hungary, coach had an idea of how he wanted to play, of the style that he wanted to play. And for that, you need the players. And I think he got both. And now that he has the players, we've all bought into what he wants. We all bought into the system early, like very quick. And I feel like that's why we have so much success. It started in practice uh, each and every day. It started, it flowed through preseason. And as people can see now, it's flowing, you know, into the regular season. But we've all bought in. The chemistry is organic. 
Like, we genuinely like each other on and off the court, and you can see it. And, you know, the style of play coach wants to play fast and play unselfish yeah. at, a, at a high level. So that's what, that's what we try to do. Yeah. I mean, at, at what point did you, did you guys, or do you guys even know that what you guys have right now is, is somewhat special? Or is it something that doesn't occur to you guys as, you know, that special? I mean, especially when we talk about, as I said, those those automatics. This is something. When I see you guys play, I have the feeling like hey, these guys have been playing together for at least at least half a year. But everybody knows it's a shorter amount of time that you guys been been together. Um, is, is is this something you realize and, and, and value as a as a squad, or how do you how do you guys look at that? Uh, I think we're just a group that just. Like I said, organically jailed quick, and like I told you earlier, when you when the, the people who figure it out earlier are the ones who have success early on rather than later, and I think that's what we did. We just figured it out early, and since day one, like coach set the tone of how it was going to be and how we we will play, and there was no you know fight. There was no backlash to that. We all bought in. We were all here knowing, you know, the game plan and how we wanted to play. And we all bought in early. And I feel like that's why we're having so much success early on. Is it um, how much of this might have to do uh, with bringing in, let's say, guys with Europe, with, with our experience playing in Europe? Is, is this a factor in this regard? Of Why we're successful? Yeah, and, and and you know, with with gelling extremely well and extremely early. Uh, I would say another big thing is just us being young, and you know, guys have experience playing in Europe, but we're all around the same age. We're all trying to get better and elevate. Like I don't think we have anybody on our team who, you know, has played, you know. Euroleague and now it's kind of coming down off their career and they're on the way down. You know what I mean? So now everybody, everybody is on the, the high rise yeah. and we all have, you know, aspirations of playing at the highest level, of course, and recruiting guys that played in Europe, you know, everywhere around the world and having the same goal and same dream is another reason why we gel so quickly. Everybody is young and hungry and you can see it every day. And that's how we approach practice. Yeah. Um, so, so when we when we talk about everything that's working for you guys, everything that that's clicking your way, um, obviously there, there's a good old saying in in uh, in German uh, that goes something like, you know, when you're winning, um, it distracts from the things that are not working as they should. Um, you know, winning winning cures everything, so to speak. Um, by winning all those games, what are but with you guys that are at practices, uh, that are on the bus altogether, what are the things that you guys talk about that um, you need to work on as, as the, the season progresses? I mean, everybody has to work on something, that, that's Absolutely. for sure. Um, but um, by, by being on a high rise, by, by having those things you know, figured out super early, what are the things uh, you, you know, that you guys want to attack uh, in, in practices? I would, I would say... Um, the biggest things is, is like the smallest things, if that's making any sense. And that's just understanding and excelling at the fundamentals, like knowing where you're supposed to be on defense, knowing where each guy is supposed to be 
on offense, um, having each other's help, um, and just knowing everybody's strength and weaknesses. Every day we always touch on the basics, and I feel like that is setting us up in the right direction by having such a strong foundation in the little things. And like you said, I know we've had success early on, but I don't want to get too caught up in us just being three and all. There's a long, it's a long season. I'm glad things are working on now, but we have a long way to go. We have a lot of room uh, for improvement. But the things that we can work on is definitely just consistently mastering the small things, the small fundamentals. Yeah. And that happens in practice. Right. Um, the best for last, um, as I said, you already, as we already said, you played uh, with so many guys, um, whether it was in, in Charleroi or in college, or and and you know, obviously the basketball world is a small one. Um, everywhere you go, you, you meet somebody who's been at the same place as you've been before, or uh, has been somewhere where you're heading towards. Um, when you look at the, or or is there any game? Um, during during the season that's already marked in your calendar where you say, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a lot of fun going going in there or meeting this and that guy? Uh, for me personally, no, not really. Just because I'm new, I'm new to the BBL and my mindset this year is next game. I'm not worried about any big team, any EuroLeague team. I'm worried about got again Saturday. That's what I'm worried about. And I know I know it may sound crazy. Like I know there's a lot of NBA guys in this league or guys who played in the NBA, but my focus will be on them when we play them that week. Uh, I heard, you know, Alba is a crazy arena and they have a crazy, crazy fan base as well as Munich, but we'll, I'll focus on them when it's time to play them. And this week is got again. So I, that's where my focus is right now. Okay, so, so that's not going to be until December December 1st, that's when you guys play in, in Munich. I just, I just looked it up. Um, but so when we, when we don't talk about the stuff that's, that is about to come, um, from, I mean, it's just three games. Um, you know, okay, the, the cup game included, it's four. Um, but, but what's the, the one thing that surprised you the, the most besides what's happened on the, on the floor? Whether it's fans or arenas or you know, let let's let's stay in the, the gym but not talk about the game. What what's been one thing that, that maybe impressed you in, in in some way? Um well the fans by far are a huge jump from Belgium. Uh, every every arena is packed. Our our arena is packed loud all the time. <laughs> And I love I love big crowds. Okay. I love big crowds. So that's one of the biggest the biggest things for me. So that's definitely not something you, you shy away from. Mm, I love even 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 if 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 we're going to an away arena like like this may sound crazy, but I like playing away more than I do home. Just because when you like when we were at Bond, you know Bond has great fans, and to hear them just like oh. And, and to just kill all type of energy and momentum like that's that's the best feeling like when you're away and you have an arena full of fans against you and they can't even cheer that's the best feeling
closing this one out. Shout out to Kreisheim's media manager Andre Ufer for making this interview possible. Special thanks go to Quincy Ford himself for sharing his views. I found very encouraging. As a listener, feel free to follow Something Basketball on Instagram at Something Basketball, as well to leave some feedback on whatever platform you've been listening to this episode. Until then, substitution, I'm out.